It's Paolo here from The Song Will Go On, and we're celebrating our podcast launch by giving away some free stuff to our listeners. We'll be giving away some classic soundtracks on vinyl, as well as free gift cards to music services like Tidal and Spotify. From three months of free premium subscriptions to the grand prize of one year of premium Spotify. To enter to win, all you have to do is leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts. Take a screenshot, share it on social media, and tag us in it. And then at the end of the month, we'll announce the winners via Instagram Live. Not only can you win some great free stuff, but you also help us grow our podcast and make sure that not only the song will go on, but the podcast will go on. And now let's start the pod. On today's episode. Where's all my soul, sisters? Let me hear your flow, sisters. Whoa, it's going to get steamy <laughs> up in here. We're going to dive into Lady Marmalade from Moulin Rouge. Is this the greatest female pop collaboration? We'll see. Let's start the pod. Hello and welcome to The Song Will Go On, the podcast inspired by the songs, inspired by the motion pictures. We're going to cover them all, the great ones, the nostalgic ones, and the absolute what the ones. But today, I think we have a great one. We're covering Lady Marmalade from the 2001 cover, from the 2001 film, from the 2001 cast, from the 2001 (laughs) pod. No, this is the present. Film Moulin Rouge. And joining me on today's episode for such a daunting task is my co host. She's gonna meet the mic on you whenever she feels like because. Because she can't get Canada! Because she can't get Canada. It's Sophia Matata. What's up, Sophie? What an introduction. Hello. <laughs> Just for you. Our guest today. I'm so excited. She has my full confidence that she can rock a top hat while swinging from the rafters. It's JP Lee from the YouTube channel Essays on Frame. Hey, I definitely could wear the hat. I'm pretty sure I'd hurt myself trying to swing from the rafters. Practice. Glad to be here. <laughs> well, you watch a movie, so that means you can do it. Just do what That's Nicole exactly does. How it works. Exactly. That's exactly how it works. That's how my brain works, unfortunately. <laughs> That's it's dangerous. You know what? I am excited. I am excited. This one, I have to say, it caught me by surprise. But mm. man, I think this is a great one. I have a good feeling about this episode because we got Maya. Yep. The lovely, lovely Maya. (laughs) (laughs) We got little Kim. Mm -hmm. We got Christina. And yes, I wrote that Xtina on my script for all the Christina hardcore fans. Mm -hmm. And then we got Ping. Mm -hmm. Last but not least, the mastermind, Missy Elliott. That's right. Mm -hmm. JP, though, our guest, you picked the song. I did. Why? I'm curious. Why about this song? I picked the song because it's... Related to the fact that I was obsessed with the movie a few years after it came out. I was 14. It was the summer before high school and I saw for the first time and then proceeded to find every time that was playing on HBO at my grandparents' house (laughs) and watched it repeatedly for the entire summer and basically listened to the soundtrack uh, most of high school. Uh, And then when I revisited the soundtrack for this pod, I realized I had every single word memorized still. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I figured the song is sort of the cultural like thing that represents the movie and it's really fun to talk about because it's it had such an impact so yeah I, that's kind of where i was when i when i picked it interesting interesting picking the film and then the song too uh mm-hmm. well before we get to the song 
We're gonna get that later on the episode. Before we have to talk to the movie, because again, no movie, there's no song. That's our deal. Alive, it's alive, it's alive. But FYI, just a warning. We're probably gonna talk about spoilers about this 2001 film. So if you don't want to listen to spoilers, you haven't seen it, or you just don't want to. For some reason, for some awful reason, they want to le listen to the film discussion. You can jump to the song discussion. The time tabs are in the episode description. Let's talk about the film. And to do so, the master, she's going to do her craft. <laughs> Sophie, set up the, the film for us. All right. So Moulin Rouge is a 2001 jukebox musical melodrama directed, co-produced, and co-written by Baz Luhrmann and stars Nicole Kidman and Ewan McGregor. As two young lovers. Yes, it does. <laughs> so in the film, Christian, a young poet in Paris of 1899, becomes infatuated with Satine, the singer at the Moulin infatuated, Rouge. Infatuated, he does. That's yes, very he really does. <laughs> uh, he woos her with his poetry and declarations of love. However, the Moulin Rouge's manager has promised Satine to the Duke in return for funding his next big musical production starring Satine. She employs Christian to write the musical, using this as an excuse for the lovers to meet in secret. A lot of lovers in There's this. There's a lot of lovers. <laughs> lovers. <laughs> with Satine's wedding day drawing closer, the Duke grows suspicious of her relationship with Christian. Through it all, Satine hides a fatal secret, which could mean the end of the Moulin Rouge and the end of true love. The film premiered at Cannes in 2001, because, praise. because it con, con, con. Because it con, con, con. <laughs> this is going to be recurring. I know, I know. <laughs> Sorry, last one, I guess. <laughs> I don't know about that. Uh, it received praise for Lerman's directing, the performances from the cast, the soundtrack, costume design, and the high production value. The film performed well commercially, grossing $179.2 million on a $50 million budget. Nice. Wow. Yeah. Get that uh, bag. <laughs> and some artistic acclaim as well, because the film received eight Academy Award nominations, including Best Picture, Best Lead Actress for Kidman, Cinematography and Editing. And it was up against A Beautiful Mind, which also received eight nominations that year. And Lord of the Rings Fellowship of the Ring with 13 nominations. Wow. So heavy hitters that year. Uh, Moulin Rouge took home two statues for best production design and best costume design. That feels right. Yeah. Um, possibly ironically, though, the musical did not receive any nominations for best original song. But don't feel too bad because it got plenty of accolades that we will get into soon. In 2018, the film was adapted into a Tony Award-winning stage musical, which luckily survived the pandemic and is currently on tour in North America. I just found this out <laughs> while doing research for this episode, and I will be buying tickets when we stop recording. <laughs> so I guess she likes this. Um, I get that impression, yeah. Dang, eight Academy Awards. Great job. So when yeah. you said eight, I literally went like, like the Joker in the Dark Knight, like eight. Eight. Like that expression. <laughs> well, those, like those are nominations, not wins. True. Yeah. Still, that's a lot, man. Mm -hmm. Let's start by talking about our relationship with this film. Like, is it a classic? Did you just watch it for the first time? <laughs> Did you hate it? But JP, yeah, I want to start with you, our guest. Kick things off. Uh, so my opinion of the film has probably changed over time. I will put that caveat into place because watching it more recently, 
we can get into a broader discussion of how the movie doesn't necessarily hold up in some respects and yeah. we can get we can dig a bit deeper into that but i want to put myself in the mindset of like when i first saw it and how it like how it impacted me and like i was 14 years old i actually just like for quick context i had like a minor surgery that like was fine no big deal but like i also was stuck in my house for a few weeks and like also stuck at like my in either my house or my grandma's house. The surgery wasn't because you were trying to swing from the rafters. <laughs> no, although I think I might use that now as a yeah. story, actually. Um, no, but it, it ended up, I, I got, I had a lot of free time on my hands and this movie hit me in all the feels when I was a kid. And like, you know, when you're in 14, everything's so dramatic. So when you said it was a melodrama, I was like, mm -hmm. that's exactly how, that's exactly what I needed at the time that I watched it. And, I can see that. Yeah, oh, I can, yeah. I can, if, I can very much see that. And it's definitely like not maybe the healthiest romantic uh, fair story in the world, but it, it at the time that was just you know everything was dialed to eleven, and that that's Baz Luhrmann in every context. It's right. Just he's, there's never anything that's too, like toned down. You said Bass dialed to eleven, and you mm -hmm. talk about your emotions. Is Bass like the great fit for like your teenage years? Because oh, that's absolutely. also every emotion is. I was absolutely to going to bring that <laughs> yeah, up yes. because it, I watched Romeo and Juliet around the same time. Yes. Like, I didn't see that when it first came out. I saw it when I was you know thirteen or so, and I think both really paired well together for how my how my like my adolescent angst needed to have some sort of outlet to explore. And yeah, Baz Baz was like Baz was firing on all cylinders for me as a kid. Well, you said something so about watching this musical, so it sounds like you're a big fan. But what, what, <laughs> what, what I'm, I'm curious, like, because JP said her relationship has changed a bit. I'm, I'm curious where you stand. Mm -hmm. Yeah, watching it again, it had been a while, yeah. and it didn't quite hit the same as when I was in middle school when this mm -hmm. came out. <laughs> uh, but when it came out, it I had not seen anything like this. I was not aware of Romeo and Juliet. Uh, that this sort of brought me to that, which also has a great soundtrack, which mm -hmm. we will oh, have to pod, talk about. Pod, yeah, pod, for sure. Yeah. Uh, but I think watching this, I don't, I was not aware that this was a jukebox musical. I, I didn't don't know think what that was. I, yeah, I didn't recognize most of the songs that they were alluding so to. True. Um, uh, I, I have since learned, and it, I think that this soundtrack actually introduced me to a lot of really great songs. Mm -hmm. um, but I had never seen anything like Lerman's like hyperbolic, hyper romantic style, and it really embodies the feelings that you have as a middle schooler, and you know, in oh, your tween sure. years. So. I think that it caught me at the right time. If I had seen this for the first time as an adult, I don't know if it would have captured my attention in the same way. You know, to that point too, I think I, I'm looking, I'm like, you're, as you're talking, I'm, I'm remembering specific details of like yeah. the order of things I was exposed to about this movie. I think I saw the Elephant Love Medley like music video on VH1. Mm. And when you talk about the music videos for this, like there's, oh. there's gonna be a yeah. broader discussion, but like that was one that I saw. And I was like, oh, I didn't know Nicole Kidman could sing. And I was like, oh, I didn't. Who's this Ewan McGregor guy? And then, like, I, again, didn't know it was jukebox musical. Right. So there's, like, 30 love songs packed yeah. into this thing. And you're like, this is amazing. Right. So that, I think, was, like, the the entry point for me to this movie. So, like, the music was very much important, a, a huge piece of it. Right. But, yeah, I, I to that point, I the the love, the element of, like, the love being sort of dialed up to this extreme and then shoehorned into all these different references to songs I had no context for just made me like, it was like I was overloaded as a kid. It was amazing. Yeah. This was also, at least for my friends, a definite sleepover movie. Ooh, yeah. Like if yeah, there's yeah. a group of girls getting together, we are probably watching <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Moulin Rouge yes. at this time. Yes. Uh, 
Again, maybe not the best model for a healthy relationship, but <laughs> we figured it out eventually. Yes. We're, we're definitely acknowledging it now. Right, right. It's interesting. I'm going to go in a different direction. <laughs> okay. I'm shocked if you went right. the exact same path. I, I think I would too. <laughs> sleepovers with my friends and we watch Moulin Rouge. I mean. I remember not liking it at the time. I remember it being nominated for Oscars. And I was really into watching Oscars at that time. I just remember kind of not liking it. Part of me was, did I have that lame attitude like, oh, musicals? But I don't think so because I like Chicago from that. Like it came afterwards, Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. I think that without this movie, we wouldn't have Chicago. I completely agree. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I enjoyed Chicago. I mean, I still didn't think it was the glorious film that the Oscars made it. But still, I remember not liking it that much. Not that I hate it. I also had seen Romeo and Juliet before that. Okay. So I had like a example of, well, I like, I like this a lot more than Moulin Rouge, which probably it's not like most people like Moulin Rouge more even today. And then I saw it now. I mean, I've seen it a couple of times. Mm -hmm. I've grown to like it more than I used to. I still don't think I'm at the level where people just really love this film. Mm -hmm. And I can recognize that, yes, the directing is really cool. Some songs are really cool. Some songs are not. I'm sorry, fair, but fair point. It's fine. It's I'm not. Fine. I'm not a fan of the Roxanne rendition. And <laughs> I love it. Definitely disagree, but we can talk I'm about. Not. It. <laughs> I my favorite parts were like I feel like to me where this movie really really is firing all cylinders are Nicole Kidman's Diamonds Are Go Best Friend yeah. sequence. That's like a great I'll, intro. that'll stop me in my trap. It comes on the TV or something, and I just like have to stop and watch that. And she was made for that sequence too. Like that's like shot her so well she's just like listening like the diamonds like I it was know. it was incredible the way it was yeah. shot yeah to think that the star from the amc theater commercial that's where that it, it her, all began that is, her <laughs> to fame. That is true <laughs> i love that sequence i think the other one you mentioned the elephant one the one that they're, they're pitching the, the elephant show. love medley yeah yeah that's so it's so funny so much comedy there oh i think you're talking about spectacular oh you're spectacular yes, you're sorry, talking sorry, about spectacular sorry. no yeah spectacular spectacular which is a great ensemble piece underrated for sure those yes. two sequences mm -hmm. by itself if if that was the film for me i love it the rest of it, like, I don't know how I feel about Ewan McGregor's performance. It's, it might be over the top in a not great way for me, even though I really like most of his work. Well, what did you think of the Duke then? Because <laughs> he, he was, I actually like the to I, 23 compared to everyone else. But I like it. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I just Richard like, I like the I flavor. Like, I love it, maybe. But. To be honest, maybe it was Ewan McGregor singing that I didn't like and not his performance. That's, that's, um, yeah. It's an, when it's I think about it, it's maybe the singing that I don't like. Mm -hmm. And he hmm. also has a lot of difficult songs. Like they're very dramatic and they have slow. a lot of the emotional you know, weight. Like, like yeah. Nicole Kidman has a banger song too, sort of that sequence. Like, you mm -hmm. know, all you have to do just swing and, and, and I guess don't fall, but it's a yeah. really good written song, everything. I don't know. I I I, I liked it. I appreciate it. Mm -hmm. Um, I know probably what you guys are thinking about when it's not has an H well. Like, so I don't really think of this, I don't consider it as a romance film. Really? Wow. Like, I don't think if someone Ask me, what are your favorite like rom-coms or romance relationship at film? I don't go, oh, Moulin Rouge. Oh, well. To me, it, the romance here doesn't really work in that way. It's Oh, it's, interesting. It's a stylized thing, but I don't go like, oh, they're a great couple. Like, no, oh, no they're no, not. But, no, but no. you wouldn't say that about Romeo and Juliet either. <laughs> Well, True. I don't know. For I the feel same like reason. I, <laughs> right. I would. I, I, well, for no particular reason that I could articulate, maybe just how it was shot. But to me, the emotional connection in Romeo and Juliet 
feels deeper. Like I can relate hmm. to. It's also because it's re- the prototypical, like it is the love story of all love stories. Yeah, but also I could talking about teenager emotions. I can relate to sort of that. Oh my God, having a crush and you are thinking this is the most important thing in the world and just being infatuated. Like I can relate to sort of like the physical attraction that Romeo and Juliet has because mm-hmm. basically that's, I feel like that's what it is. Oh, that's if you think all, about yeah. it, it's yeah, like, oh, you're true. hot, you're hot. With Moulin Rouge, like I don't have like, it, there's no entryway there that I can like, I, I'm not going to woo someone with my poetry. You couldn't connect <laughs> so, to Christian's character because you're like, this doesn't feel realistic I just, It just doesn't ways. feel like a realistic, yeah. which it doesn't. It's a fair point. It, it, it doesn't have to, like it's a fantasy. I just, it doesn't, like I said, I know that some people think about this. You'll see it pop up in like IMDb list of romantic movies mm-hmm. and like, I just don't have that association with it. That's fair. Wow. I, I, yeah, I don't know. disagree on every count. <laughs> on um, every single. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm joking, but I, the, this movie is not going for realism, you know? Yeah. And, and I completely recognize that in the way that Romeo and Juliet is not going for realism. Very true. In Romeo and Juliet, I mean, they have that beautiful sequence where they fall in love with each other. The and it, and it's, yes, the yes, fish sting scene. Absolutely. It's like also like kind of like the hottest <laughs> scene it's, ever. It's, and it's so subtle in yeah. ways too. Like there's, yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like yeah. with Moulin Rouge, because it's a, uh, spoiler alert, because it's a tragic love story, maybe yeah. I wouldn't include it on some of like the lists for like best romantic films. But I guess yeah, so. Maybe yeah, that, is, that is my ending. disconnect. You know, right. But I mean, it, and it gives it away in the first 30 seconds. Like it's oh, yeah, not of hiding that too. But I do think that like, I don't know. I feel like the romance, if it doesn't work, the movie doesn't work. Which is to me is like a pretty big like prerequisite for whether or not something is a romantic film. I agree. You know, so I feel like it, it is in that sense of romance film, but it's a musical first, to your point. It is. Elephant Love Medley, that entire song, I buy it hook, line, and sinker that Agreed. they fall in love. Yes. Like I know that that sequence is not, you could interpret it literally, but it's so fantastical and they're like dancing on the clouds and everything. So I think it's more <laughs> of a... <laughs> um, a placeholder for an actual conversation or some poetry or something that was being had. But I believe that they're in love and I, the actors really sell it. I, I think that everybody in this movie understood the assignment. Yes. They know what movie they are in. They are all in it together. Um, which can't be the same. It can't be said for some movies, especially recent ones like House of Gucci. Like there's actors- everyone was in a different movie, <laughs> completely different vibes from everyone. Yeah, so yeah, right. to your point, I think it's well, that's Adam Driver great- was just on vacation, going on bike rides, and the camera just followed him. <laughs> he was just living his best Italian life. It's so true. There, there was yeah, there was five different movies being filmed at once in, right. the, in that context. But to that point, like it's really hard to get actors to be on the same page of something that's that hyperbolic and exactly. that over the top. And right. they all tuned into the same channel, which is great. I'm sorry, yeah. I gotta do a parenthesis. I love that you brought House of Gucci. I brought <laughs> Nicole Kidman AMC. If you're <laughs> yes. if you're listening to this, Google Nicole Kidman AMC House of Gucci. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll link to it. Absolutely. <laughs> to I guess to address the <laughs> The elephant. elephant. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This movie is sort of setting up Christian versus the Duke. And Mm -hmm. Christian is our young, beautiful, romantic lead who's a bohemian and has the ideals of whatever. And the Duke is the bad guy and all he cares about is money. And he feels like he owns Satine. And toward the end of the movie, it really 
becomes apparent that Christian and the Duke aren't that different. Uh, Christian has that scene where he's trying to pay Satine because she's done the old yeller thing of like, get out of here, I don't need you. Um, (laughs) And uh, yeah. The quick aside, those tropes of like the like scenes happening because if they just spoken to each other, the the tension would have been alleviated. I know. She was trying to save his life. They were going to put a hit out on him. I think in the in the vein of maybe didn't age as well or were borderline problematic is like the third act being or the entire premise of the show they're designing is very like Indian centric right, and doesn't right. it's it's touching on things that like like the sort of colonialism side of things that were like eh, maybe we just like <laughs> maybe don't bring that up but um well yeah. you know what has aged well hmm. John Leguizamo's performance he's the MVP to me <laughs> oh, my John boy Grant. John Leguizamo you love John Leguizamo Joe John uh, yeah as Toulouse collaborator with Bass Lerman yeah he's, that's true that's a yeah. very good appears point. in his films uh, I think he's John's lovely in every I'm saying, he's like, lovely I know in him this by film yeah. John's a great yeah. guy no but you're right though he's always kind of he pops up in things and you're always like huh that thank you for, yeah, for his performance us. is really good I, I i really like it mm-hmm. and the other thing is i wanted to say is because it sounded like i was being harsh in this film but the directing it is really good even if the other things don't work for me the style is enough to get it to a point where i'm like i want to rewatch this because it, it is really good i mean that sequence when they introduce moulin rouge just to pick that one that whole thing yeah. it's just like yeah. I don't know how many people can do that. You know, that is a talent and, and it's on full display there. If it's if it's on if it's in lesser hands, it would feel ridiculous. And yeah. it's it leans into it just enough. Yeah, and we we touched on the Chicago aspect, but mm-hmm. if this movie had not done as well as it did or if it had not been as successful in what it was trying to do, mm-hmm. I don't think that we would have this revived trend of movie musicals and stage, yeah, stage and adaptations. That's Agreed. what I was, yeah, I wanted to say some closing thoughts right, that absolutely. was like, I'm not an expert on musicals, so I'll ask you both, but it seems like this put in some needed life into that genre. Like I, at the top of my head, 90s musicals. I don't know if I can name you, like I have to really think. Disney, Disney musicals. That's, that's, Disney took Disney the, brought it back. They sucked all the air yeah. out of the, of the musical space. They were the yeah. only ones But even doing if, you, it. if you take that away, like it's live action, live action. Or, like I don't. I think that they were box office poison for a period they of time. Uh, they just sort of stopped making them because I think people didn't want to see them. And then when Lerman kind of breathed new life into it with this yeah, they were hyper sort of stylized like, yeah. version. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was like first Roman Julia was smash it mm-hmm. and then kind of it's the same sort of story if you think very about similar it. story so from a risk or perspective all right you've had a really big hit and you kind of want to do the same thing except you want to sing sure you can sing yeah. and all that stuff and you know so all right um interesting but we have a lot to talk about the song so i want to move things along absolutely we're yeah. going to take a quick break but when we come back it is the main event we're going to dive into lady marmalade and man, there is so much to cover. Let's let's go. <laughs> Patreon. Every now and then we need a little support to help make the podcast go on. Patreon support us. And in return we'll give you all we got. And, and we, we need, need you now tonight. tonight. <laughs> 
Seriously though, head over to Patreon and support us. We have some really cool perks, exclusive content, and your support will help us grow so we can continue making the show. And then maybe we could afford some singing lessons. Or not sing at all, just talk about the people who sing. Check us out at The Song Will Go On on Patreon. We are back and it's time for our main attraction of the episode. It's the song Lady Marmala from Moulin Rouge. We're going to deep dive and to kick things off, Sophie, you're going to do your magic. Set up the song for us. Okay, so Lady Marmalade has a really interesting history. This version is a cover, so the original Lady Marmalade was written by Bob Crew and Kenny Logan. Although, it was first recorded in 1974 by the group The Eleventh Hour. Mm. So this is mm. not Patti LaBelle's. Patti LaBelle's is a cover, too. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so the song was shown to music producer Alan Toussaint, and he recorded a new version with Patti LaBelle. So, so he, that he, he was like, nah, 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 that's, that's walk. Yeah, no, give, me, give me to me. Yeah. I'll show you. Inception level. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. So me, that, that's the one that became the instant classic, mm-hmm. and that reached number one in the Billboard's Hot 100 at the time. So in early 2001, music executive Ron Flair met with director Baz Luhrmann, who had recently had his hit with Romeo and Juliet. So that's another great soundtrack. We will be talking about it. It was Lerman's idea to have a handful of pop divas collaborate on a song. Missy Elliott, who was weeks away from releasing her smash hit, Get Your Freak On. (laughs) (laughs) So they bring her in as a producer. Talk about a run, I guess. Great timing. Uh, She brought in her music producer friend, Rock Wilder, who was known for producing Redman, Jay-Z, and Janet Jackson, to name a few. The first person she brought on board was... Of our singers, guess who came in uh, first? Christina? It was actually Maya, which what? I was Maya. a bit surprised with. <laughs> uh, she had released two successful albums and achieved worldwide success in being part of the hit song Ghetto Superstar. For sure. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And uh, her hit. Case of the X had recently come out too. I don't know uh, that one. I know Get Us oh, Superstar. No, you would know it, trust me. Um, <laughs> and she had also recently appeared in the 1999 film In Too Deep. I know that. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, Cool J and Omar Epps. Yeah, yeah. Uh, next up was Christina Aguilera. So despite being a worldwide superstar, she wasn't satisfied with her music and her image that was created for her to compete in the late 90s she wasn't satisfied because she was losing to Britney and Christina whoa, War. She, whoa, she's like I whoa. gotta do something different <laughs> the fact that yeah they always pit everybody against each I other I know it's but exhausting. artist to artist they are not very similar at all no. so she that was her original uh, branding and so she cut ties with her manager and Lady Marmalade was the first step in Aguilera taking control of her image and mm-hmm. her sound I think that you can sort of see the connection with this because it sort of comes through to fruition in her fourth studio album, Stripped. Uh, that's the one that features singles like Fighter, Beautiful, and Dirty. Yeah. Yeah, for, for sure. But you gotta give it to me. It was a thing. You, uh, it was. Back when Jeannie in a bottle, I'm talking like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. And you go, are you Britney or are you Christina? Are you Backstreet Boys or are you Sync? Exactly. It was always an either you know? or situation. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Uh, after Christina, there was rapper Lil' Kim and then Pink after her. So... Lil' Kim was discovered by the legendary rapper Notorious B.I.G. Her debut album was the highest debut of a female rap artist. Really? Yes, at number 11 on the Billboard 200. This is at the time, though. Right. Um, Her second album, The Notorious K.I.M., 
debuted at number four on the Billboard she, 200. I see oh, what you did great name. I see what you did Yeah, yeah. Honestly, like, like, damn, that's the hardest yeah. thing to name things. That's. And then you can say Pink was the newcomer in the group. So Pink had released her debut album, Can't Take Me Home, and uh, she had one female new artist at the Billboard Music Awards. And didn't she have like seven years in the decade? I'm That's sure she did. That I know. Best yeah. new artist. Oh, yeah. It's like third <laughs> studio <laughs> album or something. Right. Yeah. Um, best artist we just realized existed <laughs> award. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. uh, but then Pink really blew up on her second album, Misunderstood, and her worldwide <laughs> hit, Get the Party Started. So you remember that, that really one. really good pronunciation. Yes, it was. There, there's a Z in there. Thank yes, you. I know. <laughs> Thank you. Um, this Lady Marmalade cover brought together four music superstars, each coming from a different genre and audience. The result was a worldwide hit reaching number one on the Billboard Hot 100 for five weeks and earning a Grammy Award for Best Pop Collaboration with Vocals. Lady Marmalade was the top-selling song of 2001 yeah. and sold 5.2 million copies worldwide. Yeah, that's insane that when year, I heard that. That's, that year. Yeah, that's incredible. So... A couple years after the cover's debut, LaBelle's version of the song was inducted into the Grammys Hall of Fame in 2003. Nice. Uh, interestingly, it's LaBelle's version that appears in a medley during the movie. The 2001 Pop Diva cover was saved for the soundtrack and used as a promotional tool. So as a result, most people know it best from the radio waves than from the movie. I wonder if they didn't have it recorded by then. I think, I think it was a later possible. movie. That's yeah. possible. So... That was a tough one. That yeah, was good. That was great. I know. I, I, I could have kept going, but uh, in the interest of time, I, I kept it brief. It's a lot. You're talking four artists. Yeah. Five with Missy. Yeah. I forgot Missy was involved. Six, right. Really. It's, it's a lot. And, and that's why this is going to be a juicy one. We this have so this much. This is going to be good. Yeah. JP, I want to start with you. We're going to sure go thing. around. But what, so what is your relationship to the song? Did you listen to it all the time? I know you liked the film, but like, how did... Yeah. Yeah. I think so. This this song, I think you listened to it a lot, whether you wanted to or not. In yes. the summer of two thousand one, it was everywhere. I was I was a kid who loved VH one and MTV, so it was also the music video was everywhere. It was at the top of every top ten. It was basically played at the top of every hour of like music video blocks for whatever show you were watching. Yeah, so I mo think music video was a big. Thing. It was huge, yeah. and I'm sure we'll dive more into that too. But I think that like it. I, I think I liked the song and then I heard it so many times that I was like, I either grow to love this thing or I'm going to just hate this summer. And then <laughs> by the end of the summer, I was like, this is amazing. I love it. And it, of course, by then I'd seen the movie a bunch of times and the rest is history. So. Mm. So. I mean, the hold that this song had on us culturally, <laughs> it, was it was everywhere. And all the women involved in this are so iconic and mm -hmm. they're, as different as they are, they come together in this amazing song that pays tribute to Patti LaBelle and whoever the original people who wrote, the, who performed this song are. Yep. I'm sorry. <laughs> Other people did it better. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I really have no evidence of this, but what brings... It was backup vocals by Nora Hendricks and Sarah Dash. Oh, Which, okay. by the way, great name, Sarah Just got Dash. got the facts ready mm -hmm. to go. That was good. Shoot. Um... I really have no evidence of this, but these <laughs> ensembles kind of, I feel like it's the precursor for the absolutely iconic Pepsi commercial with oh. Britain, oh. with Britney, Beyonce, and going. Pink. I see where you're going. And Pink's, Pink's got a way of getting into all these she big gets groups. In I love it. Yeah. I agree with you. That's to be, to be continued, but yes. yeah. Yeah. So I think that it just started this focus on... Female vocalists, mm -hmm. maybe, 
Whereas previously, it might have been a little bit more about bands. And now we had all these divas coming together to do something. How I come to this song, I have to say, I didn't really think about it. I didn't listen to it. I didn't hate it or anything. It was just something that was a hit. I don't follow any of these artists like independently. So I yeah. didn't really listen to it. And I have to say, I really respect this song now. This is It's so well produced. It's, it's this incredible. This is quite the eye-opening from what they did with the movie and the mm -hmm. tie and the production, but also the talent involved and still I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but like what it really represents in pop culture, I really didn't give it its due. Yeah. And when we talk about when we put it in that pop culture context, first off, so many questions just in that line. I don't know there's a better, more successful female diva pop collaboration. There are others, but I, I can't think of one because Sophie, I don't know if you mentioned, but like the merging of all the different genres. Right. Like it's not exactly. just like right. artists. It's also like, hey, that's why let's it was such a here. big hit. It's like literally it mm -hmm. had like little buckets of fandoms just uniting to And here's the, the big like question mark. If there was such a hit, why don't we do this more? Like I feel like we don't have more of these like let's take people from all these genres and try to like create something really cool with it the one that comes to mind is bang bang oh good point. with ariana grande Jessie j and Nicki minaj yeah i think that that is sort of the 2010s mm -hmm. the 20 teens <laughs> um response to yeah. to this model uh but and it, it doesn't come around often no it had some of the same energy but it doesn't it didn't have the same cultural sort of cachet that the first did you know yeah like, it was just a hit song the, yeah, yeah i feel like <laughs> i feel like lady marmalade kind of like defined the aughts in a way like oh, it was so like it. we are here yes yeah yes. that is the other jaw-dropping aspect of it and this is where it gets my huge respect i was talking to sov and i told her that i was reading i was listening to this interview with this author chuck clusterman he has written couple of books about music he's a music critic um, pop culture critic too his latest one latest one was about the 90s okay he was promoting it and then he was talking about the 90s and the decade and he shared something along the lines of the 90s are the last decade then you can kind of really have that 10 year separation in culture and everything from clothing music like mm -hmm. before that decades really feel like this 10 year chunk that are separated from each other right and i mm -hmm. really do remember when i heard that i was like absolutely because i grew up with sort of that sort of like 10 years we all collectively are going to decide to do something else yes, Ten years, yes. we're all collectively yes. going to decide something, <laughs> yeah, something it's else so weird that we did that yeah and then the 2000s he said that from there and on like it doesn't really happen like that it's it's a little bit more blurry the picture is it because of the internet like making things just well, well accessible I, 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 that's everywhere? one of my my theories is like before we had a lot of what they call monoculture like you know so many right, people watch right. seinfeld so many people watch like these because right. we have our mm -hmm. thing here now internet has spread everything right so you just have just niche niche and it's a good point but Sophie said, I, I, I posted this to Sophie and she said something that kind of blew my mind <laughs> and I want you to well, you were asking me how would you define yeah, cause, the cause, ought. Because oh. you were in yeah. your prime youth. I was uh, that, coming that of age in yeah. this time. Uh, and I said that the aughts were the slutty decade. <laughs> that is fascinating. So, you know, actually, that's a really good thing. Because it's yeah. like the term, that term can be 
when it happened, it was deemed negative, right? Yes. There was a very like negative connotation to like taking authority of your own, like mm-hmm. taking your own, the power of your own sexuality and your own like just expression of that. And nowadays we're looking back at it with the lens of like, no, that was actually really empowering. We should have just like acknowledged that that was okay yeah. if done in the right ways. Right. And I think that Lady Marmalade and we'll get into the music video. Mm-hmm. I think that that is definitely a moment where, I mean, they are all in lingerie. They are posing as women working yeah. at the Moulin Rouge, but they're so empowered. And movies like Mean Girls also discusses the topic of sluttiness and yes. what it all means. Wow. Uh, so I think that that was really on the mind of a lot of people going yeah. into this decade. And then when you, at first I chuckled and I was like, haha, that's so funny. But then the more I thought about it, it's, it's like, like really profound. It's <laughs> like, it really is because, you know, in that decade, the 2000s, you have reality TV comes of age. Yes. It's a thing. Also that influences a part of it. Yep. But once you have sort of that, like, it's kind of like the slutty decade, mm-hmm. you kind of really think about, oh, clothing? Kind of, yeah, I can see yeah, it. the low-rise Music, jeans. The, kinda. Yeah, absolutely. So... If you're on board with that thought, then you look at Lady Marmalade and you have to ask yourself, was this a big bang? Like, was this something that sort of maybe not a big bang, but definitely added just a massive kind of feel to the fire? And if that's is the case, then you got to bow down props to and respect for like the impact that's, that this had on popular culture and the ripple effects yeah. for the whole decade. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the influence that this song had for, I mean, the, the, I think the music video specifically to your, to your point right. earlier, like it's the, it's the visuals of the music video. It, that, that song could have, they could have interpreted it completely different way. And they decided to make it as close to the film as possible. Right. JP, I'm so glad you talk about that because you said interpret the song in so many different ways. Yeah. Before here is my, a bit mentality before I was like, well, it's Lady Marmalade. How hard could it be? You know, it's a great song. Right. Hold on. Oh, geez. Mm-hmm. Hold on. I want to <laughs> play something. Yes, my kitty cat is all that. And then some, you are the one. Gotta represent, gotta go the whole run. Dude, the face I made. Do you remember in Hot Fuzz when they're seeing Romeo and Juliet for the first time? Like, what is happening? Yeah. That's kind of the face I made. I was like, I'm confused. Yeah. So that is a cover of Lady Marmalade from the UK girl group all saints from the 90s late 90s and nothing it's not no, it's, no, it's not a horrible atrocious no, cover anything i liked it's not it's not bad or anything but it wasn't also the massive cultural success oh, that right, this right, was right and that's where i sort of you have to give it up to missy elliott and yes rockwiler and this is actually like a really good song, you know? Mm-hmm. Yes, we talked about the music video, but the song and this listening, I was just just really impressed and it really gained my respect. It's really, really well produced, mm-hmm. to your point. Is to bring four people together like well, that and make the song cohesive. Talk about really well produced. That executive, Ron Fleur, the one sort of behind the song, this is a quote on the making of. He said, it had plutonium magic dust from the beginning. I don't know. I love that phrase. That's this is my fantastic. new favorite thing. Plutonia Magic does. It really did. It kind of like he's not the, wrong. No, he's not. And it hints at the fact that it's like they were dealing with some pretty like hazardous materials. Like there was a lot yeah. of like, the chemical, the chemical well, components of I four have, divas here in space. I have some hazardous material from you. <laughs> I did not know this. This is quite the pop culture chalker, but I'll play you something. Ron Fair walked in. He didn't say hi to any of us and said what's the high part what's the most singing part christina's gonna take that part and i stood up and i said hi how are you so nice of you to introduce yourself i'm pink she will not be taking that part i think that's what the 
meetings about. So <laughs> apparently, <laughs> during the recording, and this is this pop collaboration yeah. works in so many levels, mm-hmm. and one of them is also like the pop culture aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Apparently, there was a few between Pink and Christina doing the part, and it sounded like from that it was like this sort of like who can you know who can get the high part or something. I mean, they both have pipes, so they do. I mean, this is a bit of a fun rabbit hole, but here I'll, I'm gonna push you down this <laughs> rabbit right. hole. Did you try to get physical with her? Actually, she swung on me in a, Re- in a club. In a club. Hilarious. And I- <laughs> oh my god, that's pink. That is pink. Apparently, that, yeah. that Christina tried to swing at her. Apparently, apparently, oh my but god. it's wait, it gets better. How? I seem to have a different memory of a night we had. At a club. At a club. At a club. Where we played spin the bottle. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, oh, love and war. <laughs> Are these interviews <laughs> happening in completely different contexts? Because Andy Cohen's in both of them. Yeah. It's, it's on his like, show. He's yeah, just getting Pink, the tea from. Pink it's on was, Watch What Happens Live oh, for there sure. It is, there yeah, it is, yeah, for sure. Pink was first, and then when Christina comes, he t- he asks her that, and then that's the thing. He first like wait. Wait, Christina swung at Pink? Neither seem believable. Like, and it then just she seems goes like, like but it's like, it's like perfect deflection because she's like, no, we, she didn't swung at me. Pl- spin the bottle. And then you're like, forgot about the whole yes, swung at thing. Yes. You're like, wait, spin the bottle? There's what a, was that going on? Now. Here, last thread. Look at her and look at me like, I, I wouldn't swing on her. She, she's like, she's like, either. you know, she, right. she can beat right. my ass. Right. Are you right. kidding me? So you, she could really beat my ass You remember then. playing spin the bottle and like maybe like kissing and her now. or something. Yeah, how yeah. did you know that? Well, you, that's I how felt spin that's the bottle. Story. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, but, but you, you see how Andy Cohen's like, and then you kiss. Yeah, it was like, you bring that. Yeah. Do that. So oh. yeah, but apparently this beef that, that has a, been squashed. Apparently the voice was the platform where they the voice reconciled. Interesting. Was Pink a host on or a, a judge on the voice? Or I didn't know whatever that. they're. I don't know. Them? That's that's what have have okay. as internet research said to me. Okay, that was, <laughs> that was a fun rabbit hole. I appreciate that. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, glad they figured fun. it out. Yeah, but I, I like that because again, everyone knew their role. In this and Pink knew yeah. what her role was. Yeah. My role is to stir shit up. You know? <laughs> You're digging up dirt. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, you gotta, it's like Dennis Rodman and the Bulls, like a perfect team. Why? Because everyone knows their role. And Dennis was yeah. like, I'm just here to, like, you know, this is nope. my role. That's fascinating. That was fun. <laughs> Let's go back to the song because obviously Christina's difficult verse mm-hmm. is a thing. And but what I, what I do like about that is how it also connects to the original La, Patti LaBelle, well, not original, but right? Patti LaBelle's the, cover. As we learned today. As right? we learned today. <laughs> the first cover. Right. Because that also has a difficult part. Mm. And one of my favorite things about this song that I found is this song was only performed twice live with mm. all four members. Oh, wow. One of them was the 2001 MTV Movie Awards. And the other one was the 2001 Grammy Awards. Wow, jeez. And the Grammy performance feature, I guess, appearance by Patti LaBelle. Patti! And it has a Hall of Fame moment of hold my beer because (laughs) it it is astounding. And we talked about the difficult part, but Mm -hmm. if you think Christina was killing it, Patti Patti shows who the legend amongst (laughs) the diva is. I'm so excited. Yeah. Oh 
my, oh my like face melting like, moment. Just <laughs> lifts off, yeah. and then it's just like I've arrived. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a, so like a good. dragon lifting off of yeah. the air or something. And they're I don't just know. showing off while they fly. That's Dare crazy. I say plutonium magic that dust? Oh, <laughs> yes. there you go. That yes. was the plutonium yeah. magic dust. Holy cow! Oh my god! But. Yeah, that is that is insane. We should you, include the link to that for people yeah, to check out. I want to watch that whole thing. Seriously. YouTube, that Grammy performance, it's really cool. Wow. Yeah. However, hard to think. It's not my favorite. My favorite is the 2001 MTV Movie Awards performance because they actually have the only performance where they're also doing... It's basically the music video perform live. Oh, okay. And cool. you, JP, you talked about how the music video... Yeah. And I think this is... To me, this is one of the strongest parts. You can't talk about the song without the music video. Mm. Music video is really good. If you are a fan of the music video, you're going to love this. In five, four, <laughs> yes. two, one. And now, from the Moulin Rouge soundtrack, the world premiere of Lady Marmalade. Oh, marmalade. Yeah, marmalade. Okay. Okay. Well, <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> that was the intro for the MTV making a video which if wow. you don't know what we're talking so about good. it was apparently it was a big thing god i i miss mtv making it's like a song video. exploder but for music videos yeah yeah true product uh, nostalgia moment <laughs> oh that was fantastic I thank miss, you for that <laughs> yeah i miss being the target demo but <laughs> moving on like i said the 2001 mtv movie performance was really good and the music video it won mtv uh the music video of the year Oh my God, really? Yeah. I feel like that makes sense. Yeah. Wow. I know. And hey, if people are listening here saying, who cares? MTV music. You, you were not no. of age. Yes. You don't, get you it. don't realize how you big don't get it, it was. was. <laughs> it's a thing. Like it was a big thing to win at the MTV Music Awards yeah. and Movie Video Awards. I Googled the lineup at the 2001, the same year of the song. <gasps> Of MTV Music Awards. Oh, this would be a fun blast. These were the performances. Uh-huh. And check. Oh, I think I know one of them. Which one? Is this the Britney moment? Yes. This the, is, that was that year? I think this so. Is the, this cow. is the year of, check this out. This is the iconic I Am A Slave performance from Britney. With, on, is that with a snake? Yes. Oh, my God. On top of that, Michael Jackson and NSYNC performed together. I, I, rem- I remember that. that. And then JC. Arguably one of the greatest rapper of all time. Mm-hmm. Same show, still Missy Elliott, this who actually her MTV performances are literally among the best. Oh, she always they're iconic. Always. Linkin Park. Oh, jeez. Alicia Keys. And last but not least, Latinos, J Lo. We got that J Lo. Yes. And this is like Alicia Keys' debut album. This is yes, this Park, is like yeah. hybrid theory. Like this is these are like so, yes, big moments. Two thousand and one wow. MTV awards were a big deal in pop culture. If Absolutely. you want something, so music video, yeah, that's a that's a flex of the year. That's including all of them. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, and like the, the process of that film, that, that filming that music video was like they're in one soundstage and yes. just like made it look like Moulin Rouge, but it was it was pretty like subtle for, <laughs> for what it was. Yeah, I actually going back and watching that video it, at the time, I felt like it was larger than yes. life. And now watching it, I was like, wow, we're really just on a soundstage. It's pretty contained. Like, yeah. yeah, it is. But, oh, yeah, but it's in downtown LA. The, yeah. <laughs> yeah, somewhere. Yeah. But the performances just, exactly. of all of the exactly. of, of the lovely ladies just brought it. They they brought the energy. It filled the room. Yeah. These are these are the music videos that beat out. You two, beautiful day. Great. Yeah, we don't need mm-hmm. that. Janet Jackson, all for you. Don't remember it as much. Oh, I love that all song though. For you. 
Yeah. I, I, I don't. Really I just don't remember the music video. <laughs> Bad Boy Slim, Weapon of Choice. <gasps> oh. That is a really good music video. Is it the one with Christian, Christopher Walken? Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh! It, it beat that. That's <laughs> Which, that's. Parenthesis. I was once in a Walgreens. I was listening to my AirPods. <laughs> that song came out, and I started wa- dancing like Christopher Walken. Somewhere in the world, the security cam has Have me sort of like sort of just trying to do that. Um, Eminem featuring Dido Stan. Oh wow! wow. Okay. And cool. then Missy Elliott lost to Missy Elliott because "Get Your Freak On" was also nominated. That's a great video That's and an amazing sweet. song. So yeah, yeah seriously. Okay, yeah. Even I'm, I'm even more impressed than I already was. Yeah. And I think also Survivor from, yeah, Survivor from Destiny's Child <gasps> was this year too, which Jeez. didn't get nominated for it Video didn't. of the Year, which oh I don't, God, I don't get. Oh my God, that's a crime. It got yeah, nominated it for wrong. Best Group Video. Oh, uh, wait, Okay. What? I don't know. I don't know. Because Lady Marmalade is a group strange. video, so <laughs> I really don't understand. But Survivor was also that year. Wow. And Sync's Pop. Wow. Was that year, which is a good music video. It's a great yeah. video. Yeah. It was probably their last really great video. Right. I agree. Let's end it with this question. Okay. I want to ask. I'll start with JP, then okay. Sophie. All right. Who wins the song and who wins the music video? Oh, my God. Two-part oh. question. This is tough. This is tough. Who wins the song and who wins the music video? I think, oh, I don't know if I, mm, I'm going to go with Lil' Kim because she ate in the music video. Like, yes. she was, she was, <laughs> she she, she genuinely was like, I'm Sorry. here and I'm going to just like I suck all of the energy out of the space. Like this is going to be my thing. So every time she's on camera, I can't stop looking at her. Yeah. We'll talk more about f- favorite parts of the songs, but I feel like when she's there, it, the song's just at a different level. <laughs> so? I think her performance in the song and for kind of taking back control of her career, mm-hmm. Christina wins the song. It's a fair point. However, yeah. I agree. Lil' Kim is captivating in that video. They, mean, they all are, but she is particularly... It's the, yeah, she's like blocked in a way that like she's just... She's lounging she's, on yes. that chaise lounge <laughs> in such a boss bitch way. Like it, it, It's incredible. Absolutely. Yep. I have to agree with both of you. <laughs> Christina, you can argue she won the song because it's yeah. on her Vivo account, the music, you know, it is. the song, Very which is yeah. kind of BS, but whatever. <laughs> I honestly, if I, my favorite, Little Kim, I think... Her part is the only original new part. Yeah, true, so I feel like true, there's true. something to like, oh, you have something new to add here. And I really love her part. Yeah. So, um, but, but honorable mention to Pink in that video. Technically, she was like new, one the, of the newer. Yeah, she was a yeah. bit the underdog that's out what of I, everybody. That's what I think. So that's so, why it's like, yeah. Pink, you knew what you were doing. I'm going to pick up beef yeah. with yeah. the high Christina. Yeah. Uh, that's who I'm going to go to. It's like such a like yeah, and Michael Jordan move. Like, right. who's the best one in the court? I'm going I'm, I'm I'm to try yes. to shame you. Uh, yes. and, and, and she didn't because <laughs> Christina, Christina showed her like, she did. don't reach young blood. Like, yeah. I got the high part. Right. Pink, um, I'm sorry, Pink. Could not have done huh. the high part. Oh, I don't know. I think I she, know. that's a whole. Well, we have a whole hour of like hour conversation on that. Um, but also, I know that at this point, I'm mentioning everybody in the video. But also, <laughs> kudos to Maya for kicking it off. Like that's that's true. You well, just that's that's change the channel. Yeah, that, that is, is yeah. That is, right. that's that is my win for the video is Maya. Really, she has mm-hmm. the first part. Mm-hmm. She does. Hardest and part. if you. If it doesn't work, you're not into it. Yeah. And she brings the sexy from the start. She's like. Sets the tone. That's she it. Does, she does. She does what she needs to do perfectly. Yep. Mm-hmm. Answerable questions. Ooh, let's move let's into some answerable right. questions. Okay. I got answers. Let's start. <laughs> seven seconds in heaven. What seven seconds from the song gives you goosebumps? What do you got? Let's, uh, let's cue it up. 
Okay, can we just ask for the room? Does anyone know what she said? Because when I looked it up, I didn't know what she was saying until I read it. I have never known what any of them are saying. <laughs> she says literally, <laughs> he sat in her boudoir while she freshened up. And I was like, just that's the tone of like uh -huh. what's going on. But the real kicker is the yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. And you're like, what is that? And to your point, Lil' Kim's like a new addition to what this song is. That's the first time you hear her. Mm. And then you're like, she disappears for like another minute. <laughs> and you're like, what was that? Well, don't feel that bad because apparently uh, Patti LaBelle, her version, there's, again, have asked internet re research, <laughs> but mm -hmm. a nun came up to her and a sort of a nun, a nun? A nun and sort of kind of like gave her shit because the lyrics are like about a the song is about a prostitute and all that stuff yeah and patty was just i don't know what the song is i just sing. <laughs> I, I, just, yeah. literally, I don't know i just sing i was it. given the sheet music so and i just sang it <laughs> patty didn't even know what the song had so oh that's funny. i mean it isn't partly in french so that's we true can. Yeah. that's true sophie what do you got seven seconds in heaven uh play it oh yep yeah <laughs> yep yep <laughs> I wish oh. I could have two more seconds yeah, just to sorry, finish that out. Right. I know. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I mean, those harmonies, though. Mm -hmm. The buildup, the buildup. Yeah, <sighs> Christina ramping up to her part, then all of the women coming together to sing that part. Uh, my, I just love it's it. A it's a highlight of the song for Absolutely. me. My cynical side of my brain <laughs> is a little bit like, clearly, I feel like the song was a bit of a mechanism to make her more famous. Because Ron Flair, that was her executive. Sure. And you know, we'll have that thing. It also feels like it cleared the way for Christina. She's going to have, it's such a, the way it's constructed, the it, it feels, like, it feels yeah. like go and slam the dunk. But I, even that, I can't, it's like, it's so good. It works. It's so it good. Works. It and, works. And I think back, like, having thought about this a bit, I do remember, like, when this song was first coming out, that that kind of was where we were culturally. It was like. It's true. It was a platform for Christina to just, like, belt and go crazy that last minute. And it's really fun. And it's a really good pick. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a reason why it's on her Vivo account. There you go. My seven, seven seconds in heaven. Of course. Yeah. I knew yours would have Maya. I gotta go. Well, the reason for this, and not just that I am in love with Maya, <laughs> yeah. is because it comes in a moment where I feel like the song, it, it's and not that it loses steam, but it feels like it might be that. Mm -hmm. And then she just comes and kind of like gives like a, hey, you know, yeah. kind of like a, <laughs> Like, you know, and just like a sprinkle yes. of that plutonium magic dust. Yeah. Don't forget. We still have more to it. Yeah. And her voice is so clear, too. Like, there's something so, like, it's almost like she's singing directly at you. Like, no one else is listening. And it's it's really piercing. Yeah, she has a pretty, like, intimate, sultry voice. Yes. And I just feel like I just keep remembering that spot from that song. Like, I don't remember. This is the part that, like, oh, my sister. Yeah, yeah. No one can see it, but yeah. Paolo's literally putting his finger in the yeah. air. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, mm -mm. Let's go. Favorite lyric. Okay. Favorite lyric, JP. All right. Okay. So this is going to take a second, but okay. I'm not going to be able to do deliver it with as much uh, emphasis as Lil' Kim, but we come through with the money and the garter belts. Let them know we bout the cake straight out the gate. Oh, uh, it says, oh, yeah, yeah, there's an uh. We independent woman, some mistake us for whores. I'm saying, why spend mine when I can spend yours? That just encapsulates that sense of empowerment in that decade in such a really interesting way. And... I don't know. It's such a good intro into Lil' Kim being just 
a badass. I, I don't <laughs> blame you. I don't blame you for not doing it justice to the uh, but we cannot stress how if you look at that uh, it, like that's yeah, that's not just an ah. Uh, that's oh, no. There's <laughs> so many communicated to the uh, it's like a, uh, yeah, yeah. Know, yeah. There's there's a mm. there's power there. there. Yeah, I just don't have that weight. I can't. Yeah. I don't have it. <laughs> couldn't pull it off. So yeah, it's it genuinely and it's like the, one of the first things she says like other than the yeah 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 <laughs> so like it it means she right out like literally right out the gate she's like she's throwing punches it's mm -hmm. crazy so well we, we have some overlap mine is we independent women some mistake us for whores i'm saying why spend mine when like i could spend yours disagree well that's you and i'm sorry i'm gonna keep playing these cats out like atari because the delivery so of, good. well, that's you and I'm sorry so is yeah. so good. And she's like, I don't even want to waste my energy on changing you. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, mm. oh, well. Mm. I'm going to keep playing these cats out like, like a tower. Yes. That was my, that was my runner up. Okay. So Dang, this is like a little kid. I know. Appreciation pod. My favorite lyric is the, hey, sister, soul, sister, better get, get that, that dough, dough sister. sister. Like, it's just such a, like, clever way yeah. of the chorus that they're Brings using. Brings it back. Absolutely. Well, it, the, to be fair, the rest of the lyrics, none of us can understand. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> honestly. Don't ask me one word that Christina says in this song. Nope. I don't know. Nope. And that's a thing. I don't know. That's a thing. Just <laughs> not to sound like I'm hammering this thub, but, like, once I really paid attention, yeah. mad respect to this song. You yes, know? absolutely. I, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Going on. Has it aged well? Ask ourselves if the movie and the song have aged well. JP, I, I think I know all of us where we stand. Start with JP. Yeah, I mean, I think so, just because I don't think anyone's been able to do anything even remotely close. So it's like, it's, it still stands on its own as like one of the, the only collaborations with that much heft. And I mean, I, I want I want Maya to have a little comeback. Like, where'd she go? <laughs> oh, she does. She's she has, coming back. She, she has, has, back. She has back? an alter ego. She has an alter ego. <laughs> a rap alter ego. Maya Lansky. Maya Lansky? Maya Lansky. Singer Maya, Maya gives Lansky. us another side of her artistry as she introduces her alter ego, Maya Lansky, with the song Worth It. Are we, is that what we're talking? Has it aged well? Yes. Yes. While we're on the subject, Maya, <laughs> very much. Yeah. Very much. I'm just saying. We're getting off topic, sir. Go to YouTube. See some interviews. You're so funny. Um, has it aged well? The song, yes. Mm -hmm. It continues to be iconic. Yep. Even though this was such a marker stylistically for uh, and aesthetically for the aughts, this song could have come out now. I mean, it's it's a yeah. it's a cover of a classic, so it's a classic for a reason. That's Missy for you, though. Missy Elliott's music, yeah, ages for sure. Really well. Yeah, yeah. Here, my stance: if we're asking ourselves, is this the best pop diva collaboration? Obviously, has aged very well. Yes. Yeah, movie. I still think so. Even though the things we talked about, I feel I still think. Bass directing style really holds up. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's still something that people revisit. It's incredibly I think, influential, I think, too. I think it, it holds up. Yeah. yeah, there are story elements and some stylistic choices that I wish were maybe a little bit different. Mm -hmm. um, but it's still an, a knockout film. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, that's, the two stars also like are still really two big stars. You know? Absolutely. That's true. So, yes. Yeah. And I think that they were sort of career defining for both of them in a way. Absolutely. Yeah. Underrated or overrated? Is the song or movie under or overrated? JP. I think that the song is perfectly rated. I feel mm -hmm. like I feel like it it had it was as well it was as valued as it could be when it first came out. I think it was it had a huge impact. It was a huge hit. And I think I mean the, the I don't know what the view count is on Vivo, but it's still relevant and people are listening yeah. to it still. 
I, I haven't really seen any like negative backlash to this the quality of the song, and I just I just think that it's the longevity of it. I think it's perfectly rated. Agreed. I think the song is underrated, Ooh, and I'm just oh. talking to Paolo from two months ago <laughs> before doing <laughs> research. People playing catch up, they'll okay. appreciate it. But, but, yeah. but I'm sure there's a lot of people who thought out there like me, like, oh, I'm not, I haven't paid attention to this. And once I paid, you know, this is a really good, yeah. this is a really good song. Yeah. Um, I, and a really good movie song also yeah, add, yeah, yeah. Add, to add it to that. Yeah. I think that it, even though it doesn't quite sound like the music in the film, mm-hmm. stylistically, they just knock it out of the park. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Hall of Fame moment. Mm. Who or what had their best moment in pop culture with this movie and our song? I took the direction of wanting to just shout out like the importance of music videos just generally at the time and how this this song became as popular because of the music video. Like nowadays, we don't really, you see things on YouTube, you watch on Vivo and they have, they're there, but they're not. I mean, I remember um, Childish Gambino's This Is America music video. Yeah. Yes. And thinking that that's one of the best things I've seen, not just music video. Just, just in, conceptually. Conceptually yeah. in our long time. And the how fast the culture digested that. Yeah. And it, had I mean, moved on to something month, else. Maybe I, I was mean, shocked, you know. And this had an entire summer where it was just, it had a grip on, on pop culture. Really? So I just think like generally, like the, the, the idea of the music video, this was like the quintessential time. This was only a few years before YouTube really kicked off. And it just was like a bit of a time capsule yeah. for like pop culture, pop culture influence. I don't think that this is Missy Elliott's Hall of Fame mm-hmm. moment for her career. No, However, she had it like a couple of months later with <laughs> yeah, Get Your yeah. Freak well, On. But, but what, a, what a great introduction to a future legend, you know, like, yeah. I, I mean, she knocked it out of the park. I don't think that the song would have been the same without her. Okay. And yeah, yeah, so basically Lady Marmalade was April 2001. And then uh, she puts out the Miss E So Addictive album in May. Wow. So like she was just like, hang on, guys, just wait a sec. That's impressive. I'm coming. I have a question and think about it. Okay. Is this Christina's Hall of Fame moment? I think you can really make a solid argument and and mm. I'm and I'm going to start with that solid argument. What other point in her career where she you you gather like we said four pop divas from different music genres. Right. We gather in a room and you're clearly the top person. What other point in her career was her was she at that level? I think to your point that that is the like it's the apex of like the the general sense of her career, but I think for me, the most iconic thing she did was beautiful. Yeah. It was such a shift from what she had done. And it was the song, uh, again, maybe it's, maybe she has two huge Hall of Fame moments. I don't know. A lot of the same reasons why Beautiful does linger to me is the same reasons that people would say the same thing yeah, about m- Marmalade. M- so. Musically, it's not. But yeah, I, but but it does, as we said before, it does mark the beginning of an era like it did for Missy right, Elliott. This right. is a new era for Christina and arguably her most iconic and best era where she really came into her own as a vocalist. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And also I love dirty. That's such a good song. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. I appreciate it more the older I get. Yeah. Maya, I think so. I don't you think, would. I don't think there's, <laughs> I don't think there's a bigger moment. I don't think ghetto superstar. I mean, she's in Chicago. She's in, uh, she is in Chicago. I know, dang, but yeah. I just, I still think this is. Well, yeah. okay. Here's the thing. Is this Maybe. song amazing? Yes. There are performances out of Maya that I think are better. That's I, a good point. I really like Case of the X and My Love is Like, Whoa, those are her two biggest songs and they're both awesome. That's a fair point. I'll go with that. I'm not the biggest Maya expert. <laughs> Pink's <laughs> just a fan. Pink? No. She had a way no. more success after 
get the party started no, and all that stuff. She that. actually and the like, Pepsi commercial. Yes, <laughs> yeah, true, yes. true. Um, that was probably Hall of Fame for Pepsi. That commercial. <laughs> like we don't care about Pepsi. Uh, Pepsi had a great era there with Britney. I have another yeah. one. And MJ. Yep. I have another one. Okay. Slutty soundtracks. Is this a Hall of Fame moment for slutty soundtracks? What, what, what else is there? Ugly. Yeah, Coyote, Coyote ugly, ugly doesn't, doesn't come. That, I mean, I do want to cover that Liam Rhines song. Yeah. On the pod. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Oh, uh, well, Can't we said we cover them all. <laughs> we said we cover them all, but yep. um, I think so. Slutty soundtracks, Hall of Fame moment. Yep. Well, um, does Dirty Dancing count? <gasps> Dirty Dancing might win. That's great Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm I don't know. my answer. Oh. I, think Dirty Dancing. I think Dirty Dancing. Only because like the entire premise of that movie was like, oh, they're dancing so dirty. Like, oh, they're getting away with something. And yeah. like, the soundtrack reflects it because it's. Damn, so if you're. Yeah. That's that another pod episode. That was, good. that was good to pull that out. That yeah. And they're dancing Havana Nights. I did mm. see that. I, I, mean, I don't remember I anything. I just, I just remember it's called Havana Nights. Uh, Diego I, Luna, I actually, right? Yes. Yeah. Diego Luna. How old is Diego Luna? That was like for 40 years ago. That He's movie. older than you think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because Ito Mama Tambien is like 20 mm-hmm. years old now. Yep. Remix. With today, current artist or band, who would you your choice for this song coming out this is a really wow version okay of this. I, I don't know if remix will ever be as good as with this question but jp okay i will i am casting these so mm-hmm. each person's playing a particular role and replacing the og yeah we that's how i interpreted okay also. good good so uh for maya i have ariana grande because mm-hmm. i think she can handle that like sort of intimate sort of sensual energy I think that uh, Megan Thee Stallion would be the little ah. Kim character. I mean, there's a couple of hip hop artists now that I think could do that really well, but I picked Megan. For Pink, I actually put Dua Lipa. Ah. There's just something interesting about her that I think she could pull that off. Mm. But Christina going Lady Gaga. And it's ah. like, that was the easiest choice for me. Okay. Gaga's I was, voice is I was on board with you until Lady Gaga and Dua Lipa. I think they come from too similar well no, no, Ga- no gaga's got some of the best pipes in the business it's true no no no, no she no. could sing anything christina uh, oh, can oh, sing I, i'll i'll sing lady gaga's boy, <laughs> vocal like performance super fans here yeah <laughs> her praises but it's just the music genre like i wish it like there's more some more like, variation that's fair yeah, okay. yeah, yeah that's yeah, fair yeah. but but still i i have some similarities okay to okay. your so i do like your other picks okay so uh i i also interpreted it like this so my initial pick for the rap verse was mm-hmm. going to be Nicki Minaj, but that might be too similar to the Bang Bang. So I, I also True. picked Megan The Stallion as sort of mm-hmm. a, nice. either one of I them was could more take with it. Your Nicki Minaj. Yeah, she would do great. All of them would do great. Absolutely. Because I feel like Nicki Minaj has like a, a, a theatrical. There's a play. Yeah, there's a yeah, play. Like absolutely. Good, like, yeah. Her, her SNL sketch about the Frankenstein uh, wife. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just like, I don't know. Uh, and she she does alter egos when she raps like she, she yeah has fun I feel like with she would style. be really cool yeah, in, yeah. In, okay. in the costume I'll go part I'll go Nikki then <laughs> we were like change yeah. your answer <laughs> yeah. no 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 I'm going Nikki because you you already gave Megan some love uh, and then I also thought that I I gave it to Ariana but in Christina's part oh interesting because we know she's got those vocals that's what she's known for she does yeah that's uh, true. So then I sort of, I had to think harder about the net other two parts. Mm-hmm. For Maya's vocals, she has that breathy, sensual, kind of softer quality. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I thought about someone like Halsey. Oh, yeah. That's or like a Billie her. Eilish, even. I would, 
I would be very curious to see how a song like this starts with someone like Billie Eilish. But, well, she is more mellow I don't than think, this I don't song, think Billie Eilish but, is a good fit. I think she's too much her own thing. It's like it's like yeah, putting maybe. Adele. Like you couldn't put Adele That's in this collaboration. Point. Oh, she's I, like, I could put Adele in. No, about, Adele, <laughs> Adele, it's like Patti LaBelle. It's yeah, like, it's true. Adele comes in and just like everyone, yeah, like, get out of my way. That's all you hear, yeah. Okay, well, how about maybe Rosalia instead? Oh, that's yeah. a good pick. That'd be yeah. good. Just and then I also thought of Doja Cat because even though she does sort of oh, rap primarily, she also sings. And I think that there's a similar quality in her voice that would be I like good that. for Maya's part. Anyway, I, I thought long and hard about Maya's part. Basically. <laughs> uh, and then for Pink, I thought uh, Haley Williams from Paramore. Oh, that's yeah. That's a good. I like I like the, that it's she a, really represents something yes. like a different ingredient right. than you have. I, I wanted that rock element put in there, so I, I think really that like that, that would be Haley. We all have Ariana Grande. She's a, yeah. a, a well, triple. that's what she's yeah. known for. Yeah. I have her on the Christina part. Mm -hmm. I have Selena Gomez in the Maya part. Okay, I can, I can hear that. She has the sexiness. Like I yeah. think she yeah. can she can bring that part. I have. Cardi B in the Little King Cardi part. That would be good. Would, would and she would absolutely kill it the way Little King like. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you'd be laughing because there'd be right. something really and then funny about for it. For Ping, I wanted some out of the box Becky G. Okay. That I have Becky G. Tonally is such a different direction. It I is. like that. It is. And I also would want to include a little bit of Spanish. Somewhere. Yes. Like well, Becky I, G. I bring... gave you Rosalia. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, true. I'm satisfied yeah. with this request. <laughs> These are great, though. I want to listen to all three versions of these songs. Yeah, this were, to be honest, in our eye to eye goofy movie episode, mm -hmm. I do not want to listen to my Bruno Mars remix of Power. <laughs> I was like, that these. was a bad pick. No. I like this. I am excited for this. Yeah. Um, next one, moving on. WTF, what the? A moment from the movie or song that you think might have needed like a second opinion or something. JP, what do you, do you have? <laughs> Sophie and JP, do you have the same thing? I feel like I'm going to predict this, but let's see. It's funny because I think I always misinterpret this category. So I, <laughs> my WTF is always positive. Like, what was that? Like, I'm always kind of like, like replay. I want to hear this again. And it's the yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh, I've already talked about the plot moments that maybe we would need to. Yes. Rewrite on a second pass of this. It's worth mentioning again. Yeah, it's just <laughs> worth mentioning here. Um. Also, I can't understand a thing they say in this song, <laughs> you know, I'm, but that's also just Christina. And maybe that's why we picked Ariana Grande for her part, uh -huh. too, because I also I, can't I'm understand what she said. says. Uh, but, you know, I, I still like it. <laughs> I'm glad you said it. Though. Whatever they're saying, I like it. <laughs> JP, I'm glad you said the yeah, 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 because yeah. now I'm thinking I'm, I'm, I'm going full, like trying to connect the dots here. I'm going stretching. Is there a connection to... Three, yeah. three, three. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Can, can, can. You know, maybe Jim Broadbent. <gasps> yeah, maybe. I don't know. I'm just saying. Um, I like it. I found a really good WTF moment. And it's not the music video, but it's the making the video and the actual full like episode, whatever. The music video was directed by Paul Hunter. And check out just this weird <laughs> shit that Pink said about him during the making the video. Oh, God. Paul is awesome. He's so quiet. It almost scares me. <laughs> like what? What does that even mean? That, that is the best compliment you have to your director. He's so quiet. He almost scares me. Like, like the captain of the entire set is quiet. I don't know what that means. Oh. <laughs> that like, pink, you didn't have anything else to say about him? Like also like it sounds creepy. Like I don't know. Just like, lurking on the set. Yeah, like, maybe. Is, is he a corpse? I don't know. <laughs> 
To be continued, should we revisit this movie and talk about other songs in the soundtrack? Hmm. JP, started with you. I say I think so, but then I'm thinking to myself, this is definitely the song that like would have the most like pop culture conversation around it. Yeah. I think songs like Come What May, which like weren't like weren't nominated because they were supposed to be for Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> like <laughs> I love every song on the soundtrack, so I'm a bit biased. I would probably find something to talk about for another several hours, but I'm on like the, I think so if I can get enough people to buy into talking <laughs> with me. Um, what do you think? So I think if we're okay with talking about more covers, uh, Elephant Love Medley is a really yes. great song. It's probably the best song in the show. Yeah. And uh, there's a lot of little pop culture nuggets to, mm -hmm. to get out of there, uh, just with all of the songs that are crammed into that That's a song. Very good point. But we could also let... We could also leave it here, I think. Yeah, I'm on, I'm <laughs> this on the movie, <laughs> uh, This song, rather, is definitely the, the pinnacle, the peak. Mm -hmm. uh, but Elephant Love Medley could... Could be a, a fun one. Yeah, that's a no for me. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like, I don't, I'm done exploring. <laughs> yeah. I just don't think there's anything, you know, there, like I said, there are some songs in the soundtrack that I just generally don't like, like the Roxanne cover I don't like. I cringe every time they use Nirvana, Smells Like Teen Spirit, and no matter what it is, whether it's Moulin Rouge, whether it was that Pan, whatever musical that came out, Pan, I don't think there is more to uncover here. The only one I might be persuaded would be Diamonds Are a Girl's Best Friend. Hmm. Yeah. But it's more about that sequence. I don't know if necessarily the song. That's true. That's true. Last one. Will the sun go on? Will this song go on in pop culture? JP? I think it is. It's walking the walk. It's talking the talk. I think it's it, the fact that people are still watching it on YouTube and listening to it on Spotify. And it, it's like I said, Missy Elliott, her music ages like a fine wine. So like with each passing year, I feel like she was in the future. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, yes. Yeah. We all agree. Yes. The musical that Sophie mentioned gives it more life. True. To yeah. True. Sure. It's a new chapter. Yeah. I also think it's sort of a testament to how amazing this song is that mm -hmm. all of the artists involved in this haven't produced a lot lately. They're not really at the forefront True. of the music scene right now, yep. um, but they're such legends that this song is just going to keep on going. Agreed. All right, YouTube comments, so you are tasked finding okay. just either weird shit on YouTube <laughs> or just great stuff. Um, what did you find? Okay, so here's one. This song makes me feel like a confident female burlesque dancer, and I'm an adult man. <laughs> <laughs> and then he came back, edit. Thanks for the likes. I just share my true feeling about the song. <laughs> That's know, what happens when, you, you know, when you're honest. We, it's all love. Yeah. See, it's empowering. Yeah. I'm Here's another one. This is my inspiration song when I'm about to go into a big meeting. What? <laughs> okay, I need to try this. Yeah. I, I need to give this it's a, a go. Good, it's a good pump-up song. <laughs> Maybe that's not why I'm ruling the corporate world, because I'm just not listening to Lady Mama that's get into I it, go Paolo. to a meeting. That's it. You got to lean into it. Yep. Okay. This one has a lot of exclamation points. Um, oh, jeez. Holy shit. This song is like a freight train, a tidal wave, a tornado, an earthquake, and a sound blizzard all rolled into one. When the goosebumps form on your skin, you know you are really feeling it. Okay, so who who's the who's Yeah, the right? Tornado? That's like who's a collaboration of <laughs> earth or nature or something like Yeah, it's a vortex of chaos. <laughs> I like that. I like that. That's a good yeah, one. Yeah, definitely. And uh, here's one for the Drag Race fans. Charisma, Maya. Uniqueness, Pink. Nerve, Lil' Kim, and talent, Christina Aguilera. Facts. Just I, everything about Yeah, it. I, I concur. Yeah, that's fantastic. Uh-huh. 
And well said. I think I think Concise. that's it. We, <laughs> yeah. What can we say anymore? Um, I think that's a wrap. Yeah. This is a daunting task, but we did it. Lady Marmala from Moulin Rouge. JP, thank you so much thank for you. joining us thank for picking for this song. Me. I'm so glad you picked it. Like I said, I, it really made me appreciate this in a whole different way. And that's the that's what's fun about the podcast. Having these rabbit holes of things that you might not pay attention to. Absolutely. This is the closest I've gotten to like that sleepover of just talking about the yes. movie. So thank you. <laughs> Quickly, I want you to talk essays on frame your youtube channel because you really yeah. do have some awesome video essays there no thank you yeah it's uh, just a video uh, movie geek talking about movie stuff and and piecing together some cool things about things like jurassic park and yeah uh, boogie nights that's and, one, one yeah. of my favorite check out <laughs> Thanks, her video on jurassic park i love it sophie thank you so much for all your research and work on the episode yes. it's my it. pleasure as always i know that song setup was Cutie difficult applause. but you killed there's a lot there thank you <laughs> and last but not least thanks to everyone who's listening who's subscribing get on that subscribe button on your favorite podcast platform follow us on instagram and twitter at the song will go on and stay tuned we're gonna cover a lot of weird and great songs we're in <laughs> we're in it but yeah thanks for listening to it The Song Will Go On is written, researched, and produced by Safi Matano and Paolo Garcia. Theme music is composed by William Russell. Consulting producers are JP Lee and Jonathan Fisher. Recording, editing, and mixing by Safi Matano and Paolo Grassini. The Song Will Go On is a Gigawatts podcast. You can find Gigawatts on YouTube and on Instagram at gigawatts underscore YouTube.